Now, th- this reading comes straight from the lectionary for Lent. And so, uh, in that Passion Sunday, the Palm Sunday, this is, this passage, these two passages are read almost every Palm Sunday. So it'll be very familiar to you. But I want to, when we get to Matthew, I want to point out something to it that, that um, can inform us as far as that stained glass is designed. And so, but the first reading I'm going to share with you is, is from Philippians. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. And Paul is writing to a Gentile audience, meaning a, meaning a non-Jewish audience, okay? Because in the Jewish world, you were either Jewish or Gentile. There was nothing else. So, so Paul calls to mind the sacrifice of Jesus in obedience to God. Jesus' Jesus' sacrifice, that he subjected himself to that because of his obedience to God. And, and as a model for our own lives, our obedience, our self sacrifice. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. Paul wrote, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thus ends the reading of Philippians. And now we prepare to hear Matthew 27. 27, verses 45 through 56. At the end of Jesus' ministry, he was alone on the cross. And the only followers nearby were women Perhaps he could see them as he died. We do speculate that they were at some distance from him because they too needed to remain safe from the centurions that were there protecting the scene. Matthew 27:45. Now, from the sixth hour there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on the reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. must have been an interesting scene. When the centurion and those who were with him kept 
keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and, and, and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to Him, among whom were Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. That's the end of this reading for this day. May God bless the reading of this word. So as the scripture read, there were also many women there, looking on from a distance. So take a look at that stained glass window there, the middle one, or as I number them, number six. And you'll see the plaque down below, the death of Jesus. And, and as we can see, it, it's in the picture it's depicted that he has died. And the women are at the base of the cross. But there's nothing in Scripture that tells us they were at the base of the cross. Many of these, many of these windows are exactly or very close to how the Scripture described the scene. But that's one that leaves us wondering, well, what was it like? Well, what we speculate is those women were actually a good distance from Jesus because, as it said in the scripture, that Jesus was being protected by the centurions so that nobody could fool with the body. In other words, take it down and make it disappear. So, but the women were there. So it's to be, it's remarkable that they're there. And so that's something I celebrate, even though I do believe they were much further away from the cross than, than any picture ever makes, any painting ever makes. But they were there. But the men, not one man who followed him was there. And it has been written over and over and over again. Why? Why are the women there? What, what happened to the men? Well, Probably the most plausible, a plausible reason is that the men who followed Jesus at that point in his ministry were all Jews. And the Jews did not want to be captured and killed just like Jesus. That would pretty much bring an end to that ministry. What they did was they, they went and hid. And I don't think it's cowardice. I don't think it's because they no longer believed. I think they too feared for their life because they just saw how their leader was treated. So therefore, they're often, they're, they've run off. And no one would ever say that they're cowards. But I just want to clearly state that I believe they were simply trying to survive, to live to see another day. But the women, they did not, they did not follow that path. They were not targets of the, of the Jewish um, Sanhedrin. So therefore, they could move about, especially in a group like that, they could move about a lot better. But still, they had to worry that they would be there and, and the centurions would, would somehow rough them up to get them, get them to get back. So, but the, the beautiful thing about their presence is that we would not know the story of Jesus' death if it wasn't for the women. No one else tells the story. So they left. They came off that hill and they told the story of Jesus' death. They are the only humans that saw Jesus die. And it's a powerful, powerful thought that they, they were... Um, they, they, it all rested on them. The whole church rests 
on the whole good news. All the good news rests on those women. Those, especially those three women. And so, imagine what would have happened if they too had run off. What would have happened our, to our story and our hope if they too had abandoned Jesus? We'll never know, because obviously they didn't. But it's been said of the church ever since that when the church gets in trouble, when the church stumbles, when the church has having troubles, the best leaders of the church are the women. Because often men will find something else to do. But women tend to dive in where it gets really difficult. And they tend to muddle through and they tend to bring the church back around. It's been done over and over again. So therefore, I celebrate those women standing there. I'm pretty sure they weren't standing that close to the cross. But I will tell you that if they were there watching, because no one else could have ever told the story. The centurions weren't in a place to tell the story. And no, none of the Jews would ever do that, because that would highlight the, um, the, the very nemesis of their, their being. But the, the women of the followers of Jesus, they made a choice. They made a choice. And they chose to follow. They chose to go forward. They chose to go all the way to the hill and, and watch that and be there. And then after, he's died, after he dies, and after Joseph of Arimathea, a very wealthy man who had his own, I mean, he could afford to pre-buy his tomb. He, it was in a rock freshly cut. Never, no one had ever been laid in it, by the way. Back in those days, you, didn't ever, you were never stayed in a tomb. You were in there for a little while and then they pulled your bones out and destroyed them someplace else and the next dead body went in. So that's why that's important to tell that no other body had ever laid in that tomb because Joseph of Arimathea was so wealthy, he bought it, sealed it until this time. But they made a choice. Well, there's something unusual about Jesus Christ because... The disciples made a choice to hit the road. The women, those women in particular, made a choice to follow. And there were many other women, as the scripture notes, that chose to follow. And to this day, Jesus Christ still has that power that if you dare engage with the gospel, if you dare get close to Christ, there's always a decision to be made. Always a choice to be made. Am I going to accept it? Or am I going to abandon it? Am I going to reject it? There's nothing in between. You can't be a lukewarm follower of Jesus Christ. You either are or you aren't. You've either abandoned Jesus or you're following Jesus. Now, here's the trouble. When you choose to follow Jesus, yeah, you might end up in a pretty stained window, but most of the time you end up getting pretty beat up. And so, therefore... Following Jesus is, is a rough life. But imagine, imagine this. The benefits are out of this world. The benefits are out of this world. Because right now, it's a lot of hard work. But one day, Jesus went and prepared a place for you. If it were not so, he would not have told you. And since I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I will come and take you there. 
for all followers who choose to follow. Jesus has prepared a place for each and every one of you. And it's a lot better than this life. It's way better than this life. But the thing is, is that you've got to follow to get there. It's not like a carnival. It's not like Ali Ali Income Free. But it's there for you. If you had been that story, where would we have found you? Would you be at the base of the cross? Or would you be in hiding with the rest of the disciples? Or would you have your own little place, your own little gathering? But where would you be? Think about it. It's not a judgment. Scary times. The Jews didn't get you, the Romans would. But there's something to be said for those three women who stuck around, watched them die, and then went and told the story. I sing the praises of women in the Christian church to this day. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Let us pray. Dear Lord, you, you gave your son. You gave your son. Handed him over to this vicious world. And he, through his ministry, it was like he gathered our sin, gathered our wrongdoings upon him. Whether it was by betrayal or by just absolute love of us. And we walked away. He did nothing to us. We walked away. Thankfully, our redemption does not rest upon our doubts or our faith. It simply rests upon believing and following. Hear our prayer of thanksgiving for what Christ has done unworthy as we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.